Make up your life to start anew. You'll find out some things to be true. Like you are stronger than you once knew. Hi, I'm Lenora Calaruso. Has your journey towards health and wellness been a rocky road? Mine sure was. Plus, I have a busy life as a mother of five, a grandmother of two, an RN, a personal trainer, Reiki master, and a nutritional counselor. Whew! How do I fit it all in? Well, it's balance. Think, you know, Goldilocks and the three bears. Not too much of something and not too little. Just right. My podcast is designed to inspire you towards that next step of achieving and maintaining everlasting health and wellness. Welcome to It's a New Dawn for You. You pack up your life to start anew. You'll find out some things to be true. It's a New Dawn for You, which is the name of my business and podcast, came to me while meditating. My sister-in-law Dawn had died a couple of years before, and to say I was close to her is an understatement. She was my best friend, my confidant, pretty much my everything. The meaning of the name is my firm belief that there is always a new day, a new beginning to try again. And I felt it was Dawn giving me a message loud and clear that the name was perfect. Hello, and today my guest on my podcast is um, S. Quinn Yusim. Yusim? Say your last name again for me. Yusim. Yusim. Okay. I want to make sure I got that right. Um I found out about you through a very, very good friend of mine, and mm-hmm. I'm actually going to leave you to tell your story, so I'm not going to give too, informa- too much information about you out to the audience first, but you are a health and fitness enthusiast. Um, you are currently the member experience leader for the Max of Wachang, and you get to help people on their journey every day. Um, and can, you're continuing on your own journey of health and wellness. Um, and I like to start each podcast with the story of what led you to where you are today. And I know there's a story to be told, uh, but I want you to tell it. So tell us your story, Quinn. Okay. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on here. Um, I really appreciate it. You're so um, welcome. I was more than willing because I love to share my story. I feel it gives a sort of empowerment to people who feel that um, the impossible is actually possible. Like it, it gives them the ability to see that it is possible, even mm-hmm. with the uh, a lot of struggles that comes with it. But um, to start off my story, um, I think it's, it starts off pretty much like anyone else's. Um, not knowing who you are as a person, not knowing where you are in life, um, letting go of your body, letting go of your future, uh, letting go of everything and not really caring. <laughs> um, so I once started um, pretty much all my life. I was a big, uh, big kid. Um Used to be an uh, avid fencer, um, you know, uh, the fencing, the sport, and uh, I loved it. Uh, went to Junior Olympics, did all that. Uh, but I was still heavy, never, never really in shape, just able to move properly, even though I was a big kid. Um, and I just kept on at it. Um, then I went further into my life, um, lost track of it, lost sight of it, and ended up at a high of. 330 pounds um three years ago okay and what age was that how old were you then so i'm 30 now i was 27 when i was 300 when i weighed 330 pounds Mm -hmm. uh and um in less than a year i well let me start off by saying that um your friends and the people around you are who create you and um i've always heard that the the first that the the people, the five closest people to you usually end up showing you who you are. Mm-hmm. So one of, one of my friends, 
um, turned to me and was very, very blatant and honest with me and said, Quinn, you're fat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, like I knew it. Like I didn't really care. I had, was it, I, was it like, as blunt as that? <laughs> yes, it was. It was very, very blunt and straight to the point. He, he, he did not, um, he cut right to the chase. He mm-hmm. didn't, there was no, uh, dulling of the pain or anything. He just, he put it in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, I have my mom who said it, my family members, you know, kind of casually said it, but no one actually outright just said it to me, um, which was very not shocking. Cause I kind of like knew that I was, but mm-hmm. it just was like, all right, well, I guess, I guess it's time to do something about it. Like still not very serious. Um, I then went to initially went to Weight Watchers because I didn't like I like everybody knows everybody knows how to lose weight you you lower your caloric intake and you move some more and you know you end up losing weight but I didn't know where to start so Mm -hmm. I started with I needed some sort of baseline so I was like all right let me go to Weight Watchers to find some sort of baseline of what should I take in after the uh, first weigh-in losing uh, 10 pounds um, because obviously if you change anything little to your diet at a boy who is 330 pounds, who's only five, six, okay. you're going to dramatic, <laughs> okay. you're going dr- yeah. to dramatically drop mm-hmm. some weight. So, um, I dropped 10 pounds in one week and I, that was, that was it. Like I just, I wanted, I wanted more and mm-hmm. I wanted to do it stronger and better and faster. And I wanted this to be the last time that I ever did this again. And um, why, why do you think that this was? Like, how many try, times did you try before that? Like, were you, did you try before that? And this was, like, the one time where you were like, this is it. I'm going to do it. So, like, yes, I did try when I was in uh, high school. My senior year, um, I dropped 100 pounds. Wow. I was only, yeah, I was only, I was under 300 at that point, And I dropped 100 pounds, but it wasn't, like, I went to a doctor and they given me um, what they call a fetramine, mm-hmm. which is a byproduct of fenfen, which actually isn't good for you. But a fentramine, as long as your blood is, you know, you know, they watch your blood pressure and everything like that, like you should be fine on it. So they, you know, it was very monitored and they gave me a very high protein, no calorie intake. And I ate their food only and I dropped like 100 pounds in three months. Wow. So, and and yeah. how did you feel while you were, I mean, what kind of uh, nutrition, I hate to say diet because it has dye in yeah. it. <laughs> D-I-E. Um, <laughs> and you know, I'm a trainer also and a nurse and uh, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't really say diet too much, but that yeah. nutrition plan when you were on it in high school with the doctor, mm-hmm. I'm really curious to know um, now that you know all that you know now, what mm-hmm. what kind of food was were you given? Was it really nutritious? Was it no? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was very high in fiber, um, so you felt satiated, but you weren't. Yeah. Um, it was very high protein, so once again, that high protein would keep you satiated, but not full. Um, so you wouldn't feel the, the, that feeling of hunger. And then on top of the fact that I had a fetramine, uh, which was basically a caffeine pill that suppresses your hunger as well. Okay. So, so uh. all of these, all looking back at it, all of these things were to suppress my hunger. And knowing what I know now, I wasn't learning how to eat. I was just eating their food. Mm-hmm. You know, Mm-hmm. wasn't learning how to what nutrition was what i could eat what i couldn't eat um what nutritional value foods were um any of these so they were just basically like in theory just making me lose weight super super fast and not really teaching me anything you mm-hmm. know it's it, it was just a shortcut as mm-hmm. i like to call them now not now now i'm not saying that shortcuts like i'm not on anybody who's taken shortcuts you know some people need that but as long as you're mindful of okay this is a shortcut to get me to my initial goal but the in turn the goal needs to be to learn how to properly eat and that's what i didn't understand when i was in high school mm-hmm. so of course i went off that diet went to college started drinking started having fun and mm-hmm. that weight skyrocketed back because as you and i both know with any extreme weight loss and extreme increase, when you bring that food back and you don't properly learn how to eat, it's going to come right back just as fast as it came off. Mm-hmm. So 
So lo and behold, and sometimes I did, more. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> right. Definitely more because I ended up at three. I, I don't want to say all the time, but usually yeah. you'll gain it back and more. So yeah, oh, most definitely. And yeah. I, I always, I always say this to people now that I've had that knowledge as well. That you know, these are quick fixes. Like um, people who get, um, you know, different types of all different types of lap bands and all this other stuff. You know, these. I'm not saying I'm never hating on any of these people. I'm literally just saying this is a, a shortcut, a a quick way to get where you need to be, especially if you're at a health risk. You know what I mean? And I understand why you want to take it. It's an easy way. But we also need to learn that we need to understand what nutrition and fitness actually is as well during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom is a great, uh, great person for this. She had, when it first came out, she had one of these surgeries, like literally like one of the first few people to ever do it. And she learned during her process, like, okay, I, this is a shortcut. I need to learn how to properly eat. And she successfully kept it off since she has taken said, uh, said, uh, surgery. I can't remember if it was uh, gastric bypass surgery or which one it was, but um, it was one of those. And you but do know has- that um, a lot of people have uh, who have the surgeries do gain the weight back um, because they don't learn exactly what you're saying. Uh, that it's more than just having the surgery. It's a very psychological thing. You have mm-hmm. to, right, you have to learn about your food. Um, you have to be very mindful because um, you said mindful, and that's so extremely important, being conscious of what you're putting in your mouth. Um, and so I give your mom props because mm-hmm. um, a lot of people get that surgery end up gaining the weight back. It's very sad because it's a, you know, surgery surgery, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you're cutting open your body, and it's 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 always major. Yeah. So, so go ahead. And I gained all that weight back, plus more. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad, after a little a little time after that, um, I want to off the top of my head, I think I was 23 at the time. Unfortunately, passed away. Um, to a very extreme way. He uh, unfortunately took his own life. He felt it was more necessary that he not be here, which, of course... Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm open enough to talk about it just because, like, that's the best way to heal Mm -hmm. is to talk about it. Mm -hmm. So it's an unfortunate cause, uh, he felt, and most people do in that situation that they would be better off. In turn, those people don't even understand what they mean to say, to that person mm-hmm. or to family around them. So yeah. they don't even understand. Yeah. What I'm so sorry. Um, so of course I in turn, cause that, that person, my dad literally still to this day is like a God to me. I like, I, I like, I can't express it. Like he was one of those guys that when he entered into a room, like everyone wanted to know his name. He was very, very uh, outgoing, very uh, well-spoken, um, very well polished in any sort of topic and he was definitely the person when he entered the room so for me to see somebody like that take his own life feel like it was necessary was just a huge ordeal for me and i unfortunately fell into depression and in turn developed i forgot the actual eating disorder that it was but um bulimia is when you take in a thousand calories and end up regurgitating it unfortunately i was not so i was taking in those thousand calorie meals and closet eating and everything like that so in turn i was doing the exact opposite which has its own category i actually looked it up one time and now of course when i need it i can't remember the name of it (laughs) that's okay that's okay And um, I, 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 at this, off the top of my head, I can't think. He, I actually did have bulimia, <laughs> so, yeah. but I, I, you know, um, and you know, I'll end up talking about that at one point on on a podcast for myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it doesn't mean any less that you are taking in the calories and not getting rid of it. It's still yeah. a disorder, so yeah, it, do, it doesn't matter. It's it's what it is. So go yeah. ahead. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, I was closet eating, like I would hang out with my friends, we would go out to dinner, then I would come home, and I, as I was coming home, I'd stop at Wendy's, McDonald's, something, eat more, um, come, like, stop at 7-Eleven, get some sweets, then come home, um, eat all of it, and then go to bed. Um, so, I, in turn, end up being 330 pounds. Right, and do you think um, that, I'm sure... Well, I shouldn't answer for that, and I shouldn't assume. But uh, you might have said this, but your 
this was triggered by the death of your father? I think it would have, I think in turn, it would have gone to that point regardless, just mm-hmm. because of the way I was, person who I was, very. Addic- uh, I have a very addictive personality, which I'm very mindful of now. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I just know that I was addicted to food and eventually probably down the line, did my dad's death maybe cause it to ramp up a little bit quicker, probably, mm-hmm. um, or make it more go more extreme, most def- probably most definitely. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not going to say in turn that that was the exact cause. I'm thinking that I probably would have ended up there regardless. I'm just, just wondering of- if there was any, um, and I, if this gets too personal, just let me know. But oh, if I- there, yeah, if there was any kind of... Um, therapy after your father died where you went to go see someone and maybe they had said that you were suppressing things through food or trying to you know purge the sadness through the food you know what I mean yeah no no my mom uh, is very avid she's a social worker she does uh, therapy as well so she was very very avid for me to go to somebody I tried to just it didn't work I didn't connect to the person instead of keep on looking but I just kind of foregoed it and then was just like no I'm not going to do that Um, I don't need to Um, and just kind of left it in boil in my own self Mm -hmm. which was probably the worst thing you could possibly do Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah so then that brings me to like Going through some years, I didn't know what I wanted to do career-wise. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't finish my college degree either. Um, so I was kind of lost, confused, hugely overweight, and um, really not going anywhere and anywhere fast. Um, so I had no direction, unfortunately. It was just um, it was just a downward cycle. So um, one of my friends said I was really, really big, like I said. And I was 330 pounds at the time. I was big at a 5'6 frame, which is, as you and I both know, somebody who's 5'6 should never be anywhere close to that. That's very in high risk. Um, so it was, I needed to do something about it. And like I said, wait, it really didn't anything to me, but I did it just because to appease my friend so he wouldn't keep on berating me. So the initial grudging me going to Weight Watchers wasn't even like the main spark main spark was when I actually lost that first 10 pounds. That was when it was kind of like a wake-up call. Like, I needed needed to do this. Um, so I did, like, a whole bunch of research outside of Weight Watchers, and I kind of realized that this, with all my research, I realized that this is not just a journey of your weight loss. This is a journey of your mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and also you needed to create goals. So micro goals to put wins in your cat, in your, in your favor, because a lot of people at 330 pounds have a lot of losses. They can't do a lot of things. Um, they can't be a lot of things. They can't go a lot of places. Places are uncomfortable for them, like getting on an airplane, like simple things, like getting on an airplane, like getting into the back of a car with a group of friends, like all of these things that were casual that, you know, directly losses for big people Mm -hmm. just because of the fact of how much space they take up. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's no fault. You know, it's it's just one of those sad things. Um, So you need to. I, I learned that not only did you need to change your mindset, but you needed to create those wins and you needed to evaluate where you wanted to be. Because if you have an unseen goal, you're just aimlessly losing weight, which is also a bad in, in turn, a bad thing as well. Because if you have no goals or road to where you want to go, then you're, you're not really moving forward. You're just losing weight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I see a lot of people like that all the time. I just want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. For what? You know what I mean? Like, that's the your why. Your why or where. Your where, your why, how. Mm-hmm. You know, these are all things that are very, very important in, in any major journey. So I set off a journey in figuring all this out. Right. And in turn, I, in turn, not only did I find out that I wanted to be in shape, but I wanted to put myself in a completely different category. I no longer wanted to be fat. Quinn, I wanted to be, I wanted to walk in a room and I wanted somebody to say, that guy definitely lifts. Like, I don't want to be huge. Like, I don't want to be able to not walk through doors. I don't want to be one of those guys that's very ostentatious and wearing, you know, size 
extra small shirts busting out of them. Like, that's not what I'm saying right now. Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. saying, but I wanted to walk into a room and say, and I wanted somebody to say, that person definitely works out and definitely eats right. That's Mm -hmm. what I wanted. Right. Um, And and that's what I was going after. And was that that your goal from the beginning or you set little increments and? Well, um... I made the big goal and then, and, and then I made increment goals in, uh, in the interim. So like I had micro goals, like wanted to be able to run outside that was a micro goal of mine you know thinking about it like as a big guy you're you're really not supposed to run so i started off slow and i ran a minute on the um no then i ran two minutes then i been ran then i did five sets of two minutes on one minute off then i you know incrementally increased 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 um until i started being able to run outside for a whole mile not fast, but definitely running a whole mile. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And these were all micro goals to be able to keep on moving. Uh, and then I realized that weightlifting was very, very important. Now, I did some weightlifting with my friends, but never anything serious, never anything, anything major. But um, I really realized that I need to, to – you want to replace that fat. Often people will lose weight by eating right, which is fantastic because we all know that 80% of any comes from your – your nutrition. Mm-hmm. It's a proven fact. You need to change the nutrition to change your body. In fact, if somebody just changed their nutrition and didn't even move that much, maybe did yoga or some sort of like 20 minute work, they can definitely lose weight just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't actually need to step foot into a gym. And all of us fitness enthusiasts know this. But if you want to really be efficient and change that fat into muscle, that's the most efficient way to do this. So I approached weightlifting as well. I started, um, you know, going with my friends who were, my one friend is a power lifter. You know, my other friend loves bodybuilding and he does bodybuilding movements. And I just worked out with them every mm-hmm. single day. It was their, their kind of combination. So, um, and then I would still do the cardio, still running, um, combining all these things. Eventually, um, I realized build a physique. You need to actually have a proper nutrition, which means understanding the caloric intake, understanding what levels you need to take out. So now we're talking about macros. So as most, some of us might know, macros are a combination of your proteins, carbs, and fats. Um, you needed to understand the levels and adjust them accordingly for your body and what you were trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, of course, I had no experience in doing this. No matter how much research I saw, they always said, well, we could give you numbers, but it's better to have a coach. Um, when I was younger, there was a place that had opened up. Um, it was called Body by Anthony Minetti in Somerville, New Jersey. I walked I in there. I think I know that person. You probably do, Anthony. I think I Karen do. Anthony. Yeah, Karen and Anthony are wonderful people. Um, I love them. They're honestly like, uh, honestly, one of my first mentors that I got on my journey. Um, he is a big role model to me. Um, he means him and Karen together mean a lot to me. Um, but I, way back when I went to them and I wanted to start with them and I just wasn't ready. And I in turn left after a week, didn't even really give them a shot. But in my head, I was just like, they're who I want to get back to. That's where I want to go. If Mm -hmm. I want to build the frame that I want to build, they're going to be a part of it. So I walked in and of course they remembered me because they, you know, those, those are the type of people that you want around you, people that remember you. So they immediately I sat down with Karen and she was like, let's do this. You know, she she wanted to she saw the the progress that I had already made. She saw the drive and the passion in my heart. She saw the research that I had already done and she wanted she wanted to keep that passion alive. And that's exactly what Karen and Anthony combined to do. So not only did I take their small group training classes, but I also learned nutrition from their program. Mm -hmm. So. Karen and Anthony created a great foundational program, and I'm not I'm just saying they made a great foundational program where they're not only teaching you how to eat, uh, how to understand macros, but really understand nutrition in, mm-hmm. a, in turn, so that you can basically do it on your own, in turn, basically no longer make you a client, which is you know, in our industry is kind of scary because it's like, if you're teaching people how to do nutrition, where yeah. are they going to go? <laughs> yeah, but it trickles down. It, it, it always comes back to you. You know, yeah. I like to, yeah. So, so you, yeah, you, just like a trainer, you want to train people to be able to actually ultimately yeah. do it on their own, and you you hope that it trickles to other people just by word yep. of mouth or whatever. 
but um, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, no. So it, they, they in turn taught me how to fishing. Um, and then in turn, in less than a year, I was 165 pounds. So I went to exactly half of myself. Wow. I went from 330 pounds to 165. Actually, my lowest ever projected, uh, my lowest ever weigh in weight was at 163. Awesome. Um, so, so I have to ask you though, in the, um, did you ever consider surgery at all? Yes, I did. I did consider surgery at one point or another, um, but I didn't pull the trigger. I mm -hmm. went to a doctor, everything, sat down with them. Um, I was thinking about doing the, I don't remember. It's like, um, it's, they had some different term where basically they just put a sleeve, the sleeve, that's what it mm -hmm. was, the sleeve mm -hmm. over your stomach. That's what optimally the, the, the doctor was saying that he wanted to do with me. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't end up pulling the trigger. And, um, I felt like I could, like, I, you know, once again, I don't think I was ready at the time. And I was like, nah, whatever, you know, screw it. And I turned it down, unfortunately. Um, but no, fortunately, you, I'm, I, that's a great, thing. Yeah, yeah, it's um, a great thing. During all this time though, were you in any kind of career? I mean, weren't you busy doing something and, uh, well, I was moving from, from job at that current time. I was moving from job to job. And I realized during the journey as well that I loved fitness. Okay. The more, more I learned about it, the more I wanted to know about it. But at my current job, I was basically, um, first I was the, uh, bookkeeper at ShopRite. Then I was the, um, I was in accounts receivable in Fullerton. And then I worked for an accounting firm. Oh, I thought you were in real estate. No. Uh, I was in real estate for a brief period of time. I tried, I dabbled in it, but it's like, I just couldn't go through with the test. Okay. So I had a lot of failed things. So I had a, I was basically like starting things and then stopping things and I wasn't finishing anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was in turn because I was big. But when I started this journey, I said, this is something I'm going to finish. Mm -hmm. So um, I... During that time, um, not only did I learn that I loved fitness and nutrition and all of this, uh, all of this stuff they call health and, you know, everything, um, I in turn realized what my passion actually was. It was not only to be in the gym every single day, because I love being in the gym, not just to work out, but just the energy that you get from the people who are are enthusiastic about working out. And I'm not talking about the people who are in shape. I'm talking about the people that are trying to change their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, the people who are actually, you know, everybody wants to say those, the people who are in shape are the grinders. I don't think so. I think it's the guy who's coming at 5am in the morning, who's seriously overweight and still getting up every single day to try to do something about that. I think those are the true grinders. I agree with you. Uh, and you also said at one point, the, the passion and the drive, like the passion that people have. And I was just telling my client <laughs> that it's very rare, and I don't know if you agree with me, that you get a client that is that dedicated and passionate in all areas that they stick with it and they, and they have that drive and passion to mm -hmm. follow through. I don't know about you, but I, I as in my personal training experience, I, I personal train from home. So I'm not in a big gym like max gym, but, um, I look, you know, to find that quote unquote perfect client is pretty hard. And mm -hmm. I give them my all when they're, when they're all driven and into it, that, that is like pure dedication. I, I give them my whole heart and soul because yeah, it's almost. not that common, you know, mm -hmm. they'll, they'll give it to you and then they give up. So, and I get that too, but you know, it's nice to find somebody like that. It makes you work harder because they want well, it so bad, you know, and, uh, most definitely. Yeah. I don't know if I, I feel the same way, but when somebody wants it that bad, it makes me work harder to try to get them there. It makes you a better trainer. Yes, because definitely. because it because it already bleeds out of you. If you if you love fitness and nutrition and you're avid about it, it bleeds out of you already. Mm -hmm. When somebody's ready to receive it, it it 
like it pours it like a waterfall comes out of you because yeah. you just want to give them everything of you because you're like oh my god this person is really going after it i want to i want to not only help them i want them what they could be mm-hmm. what i see if you if you fall follow this this passion that you're trying to grow um and you just want to pull part out to them you know what I mean? Because and you said, anything. you said, the, you know, they have to be ready to receive it. And I'm a Reiki master. So I always say that you are the healer. You have to be open to receive. If they're closed, you could do, you could be the best fitness trainer. If they're not open to receiving and ready, it does, it's not going to matter. <laughs> so they have to be open to receiving. So that's a very good word. So I know that you were an intern at Body, and then you moved to Cranford, New Jersey location, to the Cranford, New Jersey location. And while there, you fell in love with teaching. Can you tell us that story? And immediately when I stood up there to try to teach the class, I fell in love. From that point forward, I was like, this is where I need to be. I need to be in front of a class. I need to be in front of people. I need to be inspiring people to change. Um... So in turn, I became a trainer, personal trainer, uh, what they call personal trainer there at uh, the Max Gym Challenge, um, which they have their own certification. Um, I, for the Watchung location, because it was a little bit closer, Cranford, where I initially trained at, was just a little too far, 45 minutes, and five classes really didn't make me. Um, just a little too early for me. So they ended up putting me over. I was initially hired to be at the Wachung location. And I actually taught the first class of the first day that Wachung opened because they got me as one of the trainers to be at the new location that they were just opening up, which was Wachung. So first day that door opened, first class, I taught it. It was huge. It was a huge moment for not only Wachung, but for me. Um, and I was in love. Like I said, um, from that point forward, not only I worked three different jobs, I worked at Body to help out nutritional clients. I worked at the accounting firm and I worked at um, the Max and mm-hmm. literally had most, as most people know, the trainers have like no lives because to make their money, they got to really hustle. Yeah, if you're so, working in a gym, that's true. Mm-hmm. You got to hustle. It's it's a it's a big hustle. It's a big grind. I, anybody who ever talks to me about the fitness industry, everybody talks about the grind. It is real. Um, I worked three jobs, um, busted my butt during uh, to be in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, in turn, I started uh, trying to get my certification. But uh, I have dyslexia, so um, learning is very very hard. For me. Reading does not come easy. So for me, it was uh, it took me a little bit longer than most. Usually, it takes you about three months. Uh, me, it took me a little bit longer. I actually didn't finish it for another year. Um, and what certification was that? Your fitness? Awesome. Oh, NASM. okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's my personal one. training one. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, NASM is one of the one of the yeah one of the best one of the top yeah mm-hmm. one of the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it not only gives you a background of how to personally train, how to understand um, to progress a client properly, but also to understand the business end as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think a lot of programs leave that out because it's actually very, very difficult to be a personal trainer in this industry, mm-hmm. especially nowadays. Um, just with all of the stuff that's out there, anything you can look online for a plan right now and you know follow it if you want to. And it's free. You know what I mean? So it's, it's very, very hard to get people to pay if you don't have the right uh not sales pitch sales pitch is not the right word because to me when you say sales like people automatically get this turned off but but the opportunity to change their life mm-hmm. um so uh, i think a lot of people have a tendency to go off on that because of the money aspect if mm-hmm. i can get it for free why should i use you mm-hmm. so i think massam does a great job about that mm-hmm. um really allowing you to understand so i end up getting my certification um i just keep on being me you know being passionate um being in love with the fitness industry and um, Mario Cesario and Tanika uh, Rabusov. Um, Tanika Rabusov is the center manager of Wachung, who initially hired me, who was a manager over at Cranford, but then became the center manager at Wachung. And Mario Cesario, who owns both Cranford and Wachung locations, um, sat me down and said, we want to make you the membership experience leader. And, um, I was like, what's, what's that? And they were like, well, not only do you help, uh, assist in, um, ending up selling, uh, 
uh, what we call the uh, membership challenges. plan. Me- membership plan. That's the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Not only do you assist Hampton, uh, but you also in turn are directly connected to your community. You are overseeing that um, your members are coming, that your members are active, that your members are involved, that you understand your members, um, that you're helping them out in any sort of way, anything they need. Um, Also reaching out, doing grassroots, showing what the max is all about, everything of that nature. So it turned this huge different job altogether. It took me off of the mat and gave me the capability of speaking my journey rather than just uh, like helping people on the mat see their journey was, um, which was huge for me because I thought like the big transformation would be me changing people on the mat. But mm-hmm. I, in turn, I found out that speaking about it, being able to share, being able to be there for the members is so much more. So than much it more. Is, mm-hmm. The fact that you've just, been through it is, yes. is gives people inspiration. So it's, yes. yeah, it's important. As you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the fact that I was able to share the fact that, um, you know, this was a completely different role. It is a completely different role and I'm still learning it as I go. Um, because this is a leadership role and I've never been a leader. You know what I mean? I've never saw myself as a leader and to, um, to get into this leadership role was very, very big for me. I've been the, uh, the member experience leader since I want to say the end, uh, the end of last summer. So Mm -hmm. almost, we're almost going on a year now. Uh, we're getting close to a year. Uh, and, and it's it's been huge for me, huge transformation for me, even more than I was before. Because before it was just a transformation for myself. Before it was just changing my mindset um, for myself. But now it's to show everybody how to change their mind sh- mindset, to lead everybody to change their mindset. And lead is the the big word there, um, because if you're not passionate about something, how can you lead somebody? to do anything else. So, um, and also how to be vocal about it. Like, it's great that you went through this journey, but how can you show it properly where you're not just talking about yourself, you're sharing it with them so that they can see that it's possible. That's something new that I never understood. Mm -hmm. Um, and right now I'm still going through the process every single day of learning how to be a leader and learning how to share that. And, um, in turn, that brings us to present day. Mm -hmm. It's been a journey for you. Um, I had a few questions for you. It's this wonderful story. Mm-hmm. And um, congratulations on the weight loss and not just the weight loss, the emotional uh, aspect of it. Um, so that leads me into how important do you think the emotional body is to the whole weight loss journey? And now, you know, I know my feelings on it, but I'd like to hear your how you feel about the emotional body and the connection to the loss of weight and keeping the weight off. And I think that it is a huge part uh, of any weight loss journey that, that you create that emotional connection because nine times out of 10, the reason why people are big the way they are is because they only have an emotional connection to food, which means that they like, they know that it tastes good. They know it makes them feel good. So that's their emotional connection. What you have to understand is you have to create a different mindset, not only around food, but around life that other things can be more important than food, than other things can be, um, you know, you need to understand that you need to change your mindset. One of my biggest statements that I always say, um, everything you think, you know, you don't mm-hmm. like any, anything you want, you, you, you think you have down, you don't because the minute you get comfortable is the minute that you failed. Mm-hmm. You always have to change. And that means not only your food intake, not only your fitness level, but also, um, your mindset as well. You need to develop the mind along with that, um, weight loss because if you don't you're going to go back to that same person because those thoughts are what's going to take over Mm -hmm. okay i agree with that um how do you feel about the phrase i know my feelings on this phrase but i'd like to hear your perspective um i work out so i can eat (laughs) or i run so i can eat like those Um, 
the shirts that you see people wear. Yes. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Um, I'm curious. I think that, uh, so I think it's a lost uh, perception. I think that um, <laughs> this, this <laughs> statement of um, I can eat what I wanted today because I did su- such and such. I did two different workouts. I not only ran, I did weightlifting. I worked out a lot today. I think that's always an excuse. All right. Um, but let me I'm make not- this clear. I am sorry to interrupt you. What I meant was more is people do this, and this is why you see people who run marathons who die, you know, like on while they're running, they eat like crap. Um, mm. it's one thing to like, you do burn calories when you work out, you do burn Almost calories that. when you run, but if you're going to replace those calories with potato chips and lard and, you know, things that aren't good for you, it's, t- that's not good at all no. to me. No. I mean, you know, um, but I, I can't stand that phrase. Like, you know, I, I, I run so I can eat. Yeah, no, I, I definitely have seen this, like, um, I run for donuts and stuff like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, That's what um, I mean. Catchphrase. Run for donuts. Um, yeah, run for donuts and stuff like that. I don't, I don't like it. I, I, really, <laughs> uh, I really feel like it brings a bad perspective. Yeah. Um, on, especially for people who are trying to lose weight. Like, I just, I just don't think, I feel like it gives a miss, uh, communication. Um, and everybody thinks of it as a big joke, but they don't in turn understand the underlining, like, effect that they're having on people. Like, exactly. cause then people, um, so I feel like, it should kind of be banned, but of course, uh, it should kind of be banned, but... Uh, <laughs> banned. I don't know. That's yeah. a that's a heavy word. It's a little strange, but, but I, I, I just... feel like a disclaimer <laughs> should be put onto it. It's like, I'm joking. You know, most fitness enthusiasts generally don't actually think that. They're just being, you know, whatever they're being at the moment. They're being funny. It irks me a little bit. That's why I brought it up, but... <laughs> Let's go to the next question. <laughs> I do have the question of um, what advice or words of inspiration would you give to others who may feel like they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel? Right at the end of the tunnel. Um, I think uh, that's because they're creating a big goal in front of them. Um, I think what I would tell them, what that what I would tell them is that they need to um, understand that they need to have mini goals and kind of keep on moving to that journey because eventually, at some point, they're going to hit that big journey. They're going to hit that big goal. But if they keep on, um, I think I think it's a matter of they're t- putting too big of a goal in front of them. I think they need to have micro goals, and I think they need to understand that they need little step to eventually get that to that big step and understand that sometimes we take three steps forward to take two steps back it's a journey that's why it is journey mm-hmm. and to be and to be realistic about it it never ends especially the fitness journey because a lot of people think it ends when the weight comes off you're still learning that you can't you can do this but you can't do that you know you're still learning your body and your body's always changing and adapting and you have to adjust with that accordingly and i think a lot of people think that there's an end goal but especially with a weight loss journey there's really no end goal there's just micro get you to another step and another level and another level so yeah that's, that's why you want to have a uh, nutrition plan that you could stick with for the rest of your life you know uh, exactly. y- you know you don't want some quick fix shakes or or pill or you know you, you, you got to be real really um i agree with you that was great um so where do you see yourself in the future owning a gym to be 100 percent honest i i really want to own a gym i want to own and operate a gym this conversation several times because one of my other mentors, Mario Cesario, who's the owner of the Max I currently work at, um, he sat me down and he he was like, I get it that you like fit, fitness and nutrition. I get it that you love this industry and you're passionate about it, but we need to uh, hone it into something and we need to bring an actual goal to sight because just like you need a goal – like an initial goal to um, to get to with your weight loss journey, you need an initial, you need an idea of where you're headed. Because if you're just aim, aim, uh, aimlessly wandering, mm-hmm. you're not 
it's it's that's great that you're passionate about it but now you got to be honed into something so my eventual goal and what i'm working up to is to owning and operating a gym Mm -hmm. and being a better leader and allowing people to see that this whole weight loss journey doesn't need to be through uh surgery or anything it is possible to do it with the proper nutrition and diet i love that it is it is and i you're a great inspiration um so do you have any specific way of eating like, um, file any specific nutritional plan? Are you in any? Yeah, I follow macro dieting. So, um, I, I, I functional, I function better by doing that because it allows me to, I, I, I just, whenever I categorize it or whenever I take out things, I notice my body has an adverse effect. So some people do no dairy or some people go low, a low carb or anything of that nature. I don't really limit my body. I just limit my caloric intake. So general ma- macro dieting. So can you, you explain macro can, dieting? So uh, in turn, you can eat you can eat whatever you want as long as your caloric intake is at a certain level. So I have a certain amount of fat that I need to hit every day, a certain amount of carbs, a certain amount of uh, protein that I need to hit every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, do you use any uh, apps to do that? Uh, yeah. Uh, my fitness pal is a great one. Uh, I love that I, one. Love it. Yeah. It's, yeah it, it's the one I currently use just because like almost every food is in me there. Me too. Yep. Me too. Uh, and um, honestly, you can. There's barely any foods that are not in there, and it's very easy to add a food in there and add it to the community as well. So that's, it's a great. I think a great tool. Um, you very, I'm actually pretty shocked sometimes when I just type something in and I find it. I'm like, oh my god! I know, god, isn't that crazy? Actually, yeah, it's crazy. It's like like, and my what? clients, like, my clients, I have them sign on. I get to see their diary. They give me access, and I follow along and give them suggestions. It's been great and it's free. I mean, you can upgrade. This isn't a plug for my fitness pal, but it's just something that, Hey, it's, we both like it. I mean, it's, it's easy. It's, there's no money involved. You don't have, I mean, you can, but, um, yeah, uh, that leads me to the item. That is not my item I'm going to share, but at the end of every podcast, I talk about an item, a food, something that I use, uh, that I believe in. And I'd like the, my guests to do the same. Um, so while I'm talking, you can think about that. Um, mm-hmm. And it could be also something you've used that didn't work for you. And you could talk about that. I'm open to anything. Um, my item is a little weird, a little different, but um, it's my insurance company. <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, Next Insurance, and it's a new company. And... Um, they're, the reason I, I'm bringing them up on the podcast is because, well, there's a couple of reasons. They do have great customer service. They are a new, very small insurance company. Um, they insure me for my yoga and fitness business, not for my RN license. They don't have that insurance yet, but I think they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. Um, they have very good rates, uh, but they also featured me in a customer spotlight. Um, their new tactic was, um, to actually show, show real life people in their journey to where they got to now. And I thought that was really great. They wrote me about a year ago. They wrote all their customers, I guess. And they asked if, if anybody was interested in sharing their story, they're going to take some and feature them on their website. And in turn, you can use them on your website. Um, so I sent my story in and they got in touch with me probably eight months later. And it's been like a year long process to get it out, but it finally came out the other day. And along with the customer spotlight, they gave me like a $30 Amazon card gift thing. And they've been spot on with customer service calling them. And I told them, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to use you as my, one of my, um, items because not just because they used me as their customer spotlight, which turned out really mm-hmm. nice. It was very flattering and very nice. Um, just because they're, they're, they're good and they're a small company and I want to support them. So that's my, that's my little item. What, what do you have? Do you have something you want to share? I always urge every, uh, every person um, to have an item. I, I don't know. Something that, um, how would I describe this? Something that 
uh, needs to be present every single day to continue them on their journey. Um, because I think it needs to be relevant and present at all times. I think a lot of people, the generally the reason why they lose sight of their, their journey is I, so for me personally, it's, um, um, a boating knife that my dad used to have. Now I don't think of it as a lucky charm or anything of that, but I carry it with me and it's a mental state. Um, it's basically like, you're going to have a good day. We're going to be positive. We're going to move, move forward. So always urge people to have that little something that's going to get them. Some people need reminders. Some, some people have like reminders in their phone to send them messages, give them positivity. Some people have that everyday email that like sends them a positive vibe. Um, you know, whatever it may be, but I always urge them to have something that's going to give positive light in your life because Man, I, I love know, that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, not only are you going to like, not only are you going to have it with you, but every once in a while, like you'll look down, like I know it's in my pocket at all times. So I'll go for my keys and I'll feel it. And, it, and it's kind of like an instant reminder, like, all right, we're gonna pause it. like no matter how bad of a day I'm having, I feel it. I see it. it it's an automatic connection. That is so beautiful. That is beautiful yeah. and a beautiful way to end the podcast. That's beautiful. I love that. I really love that. I, I might steal that from you. Yeah. <laughs> that idea. Um, yeah. I'm a very, very grateful person, but that, that's a little different. That's, that's great. Um, mm-hmm. Where can people get in touch with you? Do you have any websites? Do you have any, any um, uh, social media? Currently, yeah. So currently, you can you can find me on both Facebook and uh, Instagram at Quinn Q U I N N Y W H Y. I would say it was like the why to change your life, but that's not a turn why. The why is just a play on words because my last name is Yusum, and it was funny. My brother made it one time, and uh, I just kind of mimicked him uh, to kind of irritate him, as younger brothers do. <laughs> um, so, uh, but I, it ended up turning out really, really well for me because. Quinn why like you know and uh, somebody when somebody asked me like why why Quinn why and I said why not you know what I mean? <laughs> that's so, great so, so, so Quinn why um, on Instagram or Facebook does not matter all right mm-hmm. well thank you so much I appreciate you coming on the podcast I'm very honored and uh, you have a wonderful evening thank you so much Quinn no problem you have a good evening too Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. My hope is that you as a listener will come away from this podcast with a tidbit of information that inspires you in some way towards a healthier you. Um, Thank you for joining us today on It's a New Dawn for You. Our show today was directed and edited by Sharon Ellis Murray. Our theme song is called Dear I, written and performed by my own son, Angelo Michael, and available at bandcamp.com. And I'm your host, Lenora Calaruso, wishing you everlasting health and wellness. You can ask questions and find me on Instagram at It's a New Dawn for You, Mind, Body, Spirit, or Facebook at It's a New Dawn. Remember, there is always a chance to start anew. Your thoughts and actions shape your reality, and you are the captain of your ship. Peace out. Hashtag spread kindness. Pack up your life to start anew. You'll find out some things to be true. Like you are stronger than you once knew. Yeah.